San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody, my name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear this show as it airs, and we are free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, an accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you? And happy new year tonight. <laughs> I'm super, Joe. I got some new underwear for Christmas. Oh, wait, I shouldn't mention that on air. But yeah, you're right. Happy new year. This is our last show of the year. Uh-huh. It's new Year's Eve. Uh-huh. Tomorrow's another year. That's right. 2017. So happy new year, everybody. <laughs> happy new year, I indeed. I think it's going to be a very interesting year, Joe. I think so, too. You know what? I'm sure tomorrow will feel a lot like today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any resolutions? I mean, we should... I mean, uh, I don't drink, so I'm thinking about starting to drink. That's a good idea. Just kidding. No, I, mean, yeah. no, I don't have. I don't. I never make New Year's resolutions because I don't think of time in terms of years. I don't either. I don't either. But although um, I do, I do resolve to do uh, some more cardio, some fitness. Obviously, uh, could always use a little bit more of that and try to get back on my regular program. So, um, and, and well, yeah, you weren't feeling well. Loose, so you probably got out of your routine. Right? I did, but I'll get back in there and um, you know just walking and, and enhancing all that and whatnot. And I'm not an Ann Garrett's category yet. You know, the 82 year old who's setting records. Right? Did you read her article in the Wall Street Journal? I did. That was incredible stuff. Way yeah. to go, Ann. Yeah. What is she? 82 now? 82. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Took up running at the uh, at the early age of 72, so yeah. she's an inspiration. The lead spokeswoman for my foundation. Mm. I am so proud of her. Yeah, she's great. She's great. So any good things coming up for, uh, for Movie Read before you, before you read or anything we should talk about? No, we don't do too much. You know, no? we... Okay. we um, but you're in the schools, all right? We're in the schools out doing assemblies, and we've got all these kids running out who never used to run, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. We've got all these schools that used to have a bunch of junk in their vending machines that are now growing their own vegetable gardens. Yeah, that's going on in a lot of schools. City College tore out their uh, yep. their garden. You know, I, uh, I I forgot to mention, the um, I've been in touch with Chief Shelley Zimmerman, and oh, yeah. uh, we want to do this Coffee with a Cop uh, thing with uh, Lestats. Uh, apparently, they did one a few months ago that I wasn't they, aware they of. They need but, to publicize it. Yeah, but uh, I w- uh, she's perfectly willing to schedule some more, and she copied all of her she, captains. Is she going to come on the show? Um, I invited her once. I don't know. Maybe before she uh, leaves the position. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if she's got the time uh, okay. right now, but she doesn't do too much radio, as you know. She only goes on the you know, media when I guess there's an incident or something, but... Okay. Um, but we'll try to get her on. She's she's terrific. So I thought we could practice safe radio. Yeah. <laughs> but um, hey, let's get right into it. We've got a pretty interesting guest for our last show of the year. Uh, she is a person who's a clairvoyant and intuitive and author and grew up in Encinitas right here. And her name is Marissa Morris. So welcome to the show, Marissa. Get right on the microphone, Marissa. There's, Hello, thank hi you. Hi there. Get right on top of that you microphone. Can't be too close right. to the mic. Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, there's because they're uh, distance sensitive. So, but anyway, welcome to the show. So, born. Tell us where you were born and raised, and then how you found your way to uh, Encinitas, and we'll go from there. <laughs> um, well, I was raised. Uh, well, I was raised in Encinitas. I was born in Santa Barbara, well, mm-hmm. Goleta. Mm-hmm. So I think. Oh that's... yeah, it's a little town outside of Santa Barbara. Yeah. Low yeah, my dad. Ca- low Goleta. 
Golita. What is it? G-O-L-E-T-A. Oh, Golita. Okay. Yeah, Golita. I've heard of that. Okay. My dad went to UCSB, so okay. Uh, he graduated from there and then got work in San Diego mm-hmm. doing um, commercial real estate, working in commercial real estate. So um, when I was about three and a half or four, we moved to Del Mar. Well, you're almost a native. Yeah. yeah, pretty much almost, almost. Without, California native. Without doing the math, what year was that? Just a frame of reference. So That was 80... 80. 80, okay. 80 or 81, yeah. Okay, 1980, when the Chargers were good. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you were a young child. You didn't remember. We remember that, right, Richard? Yeah, that was actually the first thing I learned how to do when we moved here was was instead of saying go Dodgers, I had to learn how to say go Padres. Oh, go Padres. Yeah, well, yeah, they so. had some good seasons, too. That 84 was a magnificent year. We yeah, we went to that. We don't want to talk we about the Padres. Oh, you remember that as a young gal, I right? actually went to it. I went to the— Sure, uh, My you... brother actually won uh, tickets to the World Series, the playoffs. Oh, nice. I, I still remember high-fiving everyone. When you were like, won. what, six years old or so? Something like that, yeah. High-fiving who, the team? No, all the oh, people pe- in oh, the— and We had a little Celica. My dad had the, the roof open, and I still remember. It's one of like my best memories, oh. like standing up in the with my head sticking out of the sunroof. And oh, when we won the pennant, when we won the yeah. pennant right, that yeah. Sunday. Yes. Beat those hated Cubs. That crazy Sunday. Yes. <laughs> well, those hated Cubs are World Series champs. They are now. So they finally are. <laughs> talk about a great year in— uh, Every 108 in, years, every blind yeah. squirrel finds a nut. But anyway— <laughs> I don't know. I think I think they I think they're gonna be good for a long time. It's you know it's how much harder to win. You know back in the prior to sixty, just for a little reference. But you know if if you came in first place up until nineteen sixty nine, you were in the World Series. Exactly. You played one best of seven. Now you got to play a best of three out of five and two best out of sevens. And to maybe win. a one gamer. And and if you're a wild card yeah. team, I think one or two wild card teams have actually won. won it. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway, it's a lot. I, I love watching Anthony Rizzo at first base, for whom the Padres received nothing. Yes, Anthony <laughs> and Chris Bryant, who played at USD over here. Joe Terreras. But anyway, anyway back to we Marissa. digress, Marissa. <laughs> we're, all, we're all baseball nuts here. But, um, it's a good thing my dad isn't here. My dad is, too. You guys would have talked about baseball the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, right, so we got you up to 84 in the Cubs, and you were about 60. So what happened? You know, tell us about your where you went to school and, and, uh, and, uh, and everything else. And what you did in your previous life. In well, my previous life. Well, well, we don't want to go into that. We'll get into that later, Richard. No. <laughs> Marvelously. Let's take it from 84 forward. Let's go. So the 84, uh, we were in Encinitas, mm-hmm. started elementary school, I believe, at uh, Parkdale Lane Elementary School over in um, Encinitas, mm-hmm. Village Park. So I grew up over in Village Park. My dad was in real estate, so... Mm-hmm. He was always finding the the better house or something, some great opportunity to move into. So we moved pretty much, if not every single year, it was at least every year to every other year. We'd always move into like a bigger house, a bigger house, a bigger house until 91 when the market crashed, mm-hmm. <laughs> went to a smaller house. Um, but just basically normal kid, no, mm-hmm. no um, like weird spiritual stuff going on in the house. How and about high school? Where'd you go to high school? Went to San Diego. San Diego. Okay. Went to San Diego now High San School. Now San Diego Academy. You know who yeah. are, right across from Bobby Riggs um, Tennis Museum, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I, played, I played in the doubles tournament with Courtney's son, Luke. Well, that's wonderful, right. but yeah. we're not talking about not. that now. <laughs> <laughs> I graduated from there the last year that it was a regular high school, but it was, it was not a regular high school. I mean, that's the only high school where cheerleaders were not cool, right. jocks were not cool. It was like opposite school. Everything there but was Michael Chang went opposite. there, right? Michael Tom Chang. Dempsey, who kicked the 63-yard field Did, goal. With one half a foot? Went there, yeah. Did, Man, we're digressing a lot. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I know that I know Michael Chang though, but he. Um, I don't anyway, know he he won the French Open. He was a great he tennis did. player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Little small Asian kid, and mm. boy, was he great. Yeah. Um, anyway, went to your school. How about oh, okay. that? Okay. 
But uh, so after high school, then what? So I was actually going to go to UCSB. Mm -hmm. I had my dorm room. Me and my best friend uh, were moving up there. And I did the thing that every father doesn't want his daughter to do. She stayed behind for a boy. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Smart. Mm. <laughs> Straight A student, uh, varsity sports, softball, soccer, you were all him, that. You were him. Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, me, not him. No, he was very far from that. Very, very far from that. He was... Um, all right, so you're a little bump in the road there. So whatever. stereotypical bad boy with well, the... With yeah, the careful, he might be listening. Yeah. We have a lot of No, fans. that's all right. <laughs> but anyway, no, we'll get to this. This is important. It's part of the development area, Richard. So... Um, so stayed behind. Did you wind? Where'd you wind up? Did you wind up going to, to school though, or going on to school, or not? I just went to junior college. Okay. And um, I'd say that in my in my story, basically, this is where my life like went down the tubes. Mm. So this is where I went from like you know straight A student, possible scholarships for college, got approved every single college I applied for, um, just was set pretty much you know they mm -hmm. say i had my life in the i had it in the palm of my hand or whatever and i just went like well, threw it away so i dropped out of college went to junior college instead and stayed behind for the boy who ended up cheating on me mm -hmm. and um then i ended up with an, even a worse bad boy <laughs> to get back at that bad boy mm -hmm. and um pretty much i i started getting into partying and drinking and and going out and doing party drugs and mm -hmm. things like that and um, pretty much got flushed down the toilet pretty quickly within, I mean, I wasn't a very good criminal. I mm. mean, I was a, you know, boppy little girl from Encinitas. I didn't know how to. to yeah, but this is, you know, people can relate to this and you know what, we're going to take a break and we're going to show the resurrection of Marissa when we come right. back after these announcements. Hang on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elizabeth Montgomery, we love Bewitched, and we love Marissa Morris, who said this was her favorite show growing up, right, Marissa? Yeah, I wanted to be Tabitha. Ah, well, it's never too late, you know. <laughs> I kind of am. <laughs> so anyway, you made a lot, you made some choices as a youngster that uh, a lot of us have, have made, and uh, so you, you met the bad boy, then the second bad boy, and then take it from there, and some, uh, and obviously some recreational, uh, a little too much recreation, but, yes. and then tell us, pick it up from there. The recreational uh, ran me into some trouble with the law because I wasn't a very good criminal. Uh, took a charge for the second bad boy because uh, he'd been in trouble before and, and he was going to have to go to jail. And I would just, you know, I would I would just have to do a program and it would get wiped away. And I wasn't a druggie anyway, so it was mm -hmm. okay. It'd be very easy for me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, ended up in a rehabilitation center for about three months. And that's where I met my people that mm. I began hanging out with and began really getting into trouble with because instead of meeting friends in college, I was meeting yeah. these people at, at this thing called drug court that mm. I, I basically was doing. I had taken a charge for him. So it's, I mean, every, every silly, basically decision I could have made back then I made. Mm -hmm. And um, I look back and I'm actually grateful for everything that I've been through because I'm able to help a lot of people today mm -hmm. and I have compassion for people and I can kind of see where they're coming from. Whereas a lot of people just like smack their forehead and go, my God, why are they doing that? Mm. I can see the rationale in, in a lot of it. And that's why I, I like helping people that are in situations like that. But so, so I met my future husband in that program that I went into. Mm -hmm. um, I got away from the second bad boy 
Um, my job basically for the second bad boy was to basically keep him alive. I was constantly searching his phone. I was searching uh, reverse address, searching his phone numbers to make sure I knew where he was at all times because I was so afraid he was going to die mm-hmm. and, and I was going to get a call and I wasn't going to know where he was. So I was like this little mother at it, mm-hmm. like 20 years old, 20, 21 years old. It was it was ridiculous. It was mm-hmm. so stressful I was working full time. Um, going to school and taking care of him basically. Mm. So when I finally got away from him, I got away from him and I married somebody else to get away from him. I married a a trust fund boy basically. Mm. Mm. Um, And we got a lot of money every month. He was my best friend. And um, we got into a lot of trouble because we had a lot of money and we could buy a lot of basically chemicals to, to intoxicate our bodies with. And I got, really sick, really fast. And, um, at that point, uh, my parents really got involved and just basically said, you need to, you need to do something about this. Long story short, ended up in a really, 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 really tough rehab. It's County funded. It wasn't like your $30,000 rehabs, like the ones my parents would put me in over at Scripps Memorial. There was no Dr. Drew there? No Dr. Drew. No, this is like, you know, toothless, homeless, like people with like their, um, what does that call it? The cirrhosis of the liver. Their Mm. liver were actually like hanging out of their stomach. Like it was like horrible, horrible. I mean, I was there going like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. Kind of snobby. But at the same time, I got really. It's kind of a tough love thing, right? Very tough love. But it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because I almost got kicked out of there about, I don't know, 30 times. Because I just had no respect for authority. I didn't have any respect for anyone, really. I thought that the world revolved around me. I mean, still does, but, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just saying. In a good way. But, but, um, you know, I just, I got humbled, like really, really humbled. And one day this lady came in and, and she basically came in to give a speech at our, at one of our meetings about how, how much crash had had helped her and mm-hmm. and all of this? Is that the name of the program? Crash yeah, is it still crash. called? Still I called think it still is. I'm not sure. It's okay. it's a yeah. If you really want to get clean, you go there. Huh. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, this is the type of place where you know you do something wrong and they make you stare at the wall for for hours on end and read this this rule book. Mm. I mean, it's very 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 tough. Mm-hmm. But but it saved my life. Mm-hmm. So she came in and she talked about how she was doing loans or mortgages and doing really well and and she owed it all. To crash and and all of this and i jumped up out of group and i chased after her and uh, got in trouble for that of course but um said i want to be you i want to be you so i proceeded to tell her that my dad was a very busy commercial real estate person also did um you know residential real estate so she was like that you know that where you see like the um cash register with the little, mm-hmm. <laughs> the little dollar yeah. symbols in her eyes, uh-huh. like ching ching Okay. Uh, oh, if I hire this girl, I'm going to get all of her dad's uh, loans, you mm-hmm. know? So, but I didn't see it that way until later on. So she went and asked the counselors if she could hire me as, as her assistant. And so I started working with her as an assistant and very, very quickly over about six or seven months realized that what she was doing was pretty shady. Mm. And I wanted to, to get, a job somewhere where I could learn how to legitimately do loans and mm. and not be fudging documentation and and mm-hmm. things like this, like mm-hmm. what I realized she was doing. So I went and worked at a at a good a good bank basically mm-hmm. and learned how to do loans. And and very shortly after, about probably about a year a year later, my dad and I opened up Coastal Country Real Estate and Mortgage, which was 
um, real estate and mortgage company. And I was making, I was new money. I mm. was basically new money. You know, those people that just go out and buy ridiculous amounts of things for no reason and <laughs> just waste all their money. But I mean, I was, I was making so much money and, and I was free from the ex-husband. I was, I was clean. I wasn't doing any drugs. I wasn't, I was just, I was very, 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 very happy. And mm -hmm. It's like one of those things where it's like everything's too good, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, I got a call. Um, this is the late 2007. I got a call from the second bad boy's mom that he had died. I was going to, you know what? I, I, you was, must be I, knew, psychic. You, I knew you were going to say that. Uh -huh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> How about that, Richard? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he died but. in her arms uh, trying to detox off of medication. So it wasn't like he overdosed on the medication. He was trying to clean himself up. and. Mm -hmm. It was the call that I always feared. It was always like, oh my so gosh. So it was a bad, it was a bad interaction of drugs, right? Because um, mm -hmm. I, I saw a thing on Heath Ledger saying that everyone thinks he OD, but actually he was taking drugs for back pain and something else or something else, and they had it was a bad reaction. Yeah. I don't think he had an addiction problem, but obviously your friend had more than that going on. So yeah, he had sorry. a heart attack, and and he was in his mom's arms and everything. I mean, young he, guy. He, how old is he? How old is he? He would have been twenty nine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He would have been twenty nine, and. And so when his mom called me, I just remember the whole room spinning. I dropped to the floor and I just started crying. And I don't think I stopped crying for six months. Mm. I mean, I just, I just, and, and I dealt with it the best way I knew how I went straight to five different doctors, got a bunch of Vicodin, started taking painkillers mm. and immediately stopped taking a seizure medication that I was on that was keeping me seizure free mm. and started having seizures all the time. But I was bound and determined that I, I had killed him because mm. if I hadn't taken that drug charge for him, he may have gotten clean. He wouldn't be dead today. So I, in essence, saw myself as a murderer and um, mm. had a really hard time dealing with. I've let it go. It's it's you know, I've I've dealt with it now. I, I don't get choked up anymore talking about it. But for the longest time, I couldn't even say his name or talk about him without just Getting breaking emotion. down and crying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was kind of what got me into what I do now mm. is 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 what happened because he was not a good person. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I wanted to know where he went. But then you got on the healing path, the healing yes. your mind, body, and soul with spirit. And actually, we mm -hmm. had Deborah Zakay on here earlier this year from Rancho La Puerta, and they do a lot of oh, spirituality yeah. down mm -hmm. there so and whatnot. Did, did you leave the mortgage industry then? I stayed in the mortgage industry from, that was 2007. I stayed in it, but the market of course the market was, crashed a year was later. crashing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but in, in the meantime, this is when the, um, I don't know if, if I have time before the break to tell the story, but the, um, in 2008 is when I had my huge spiritual awakening and all of these abilities that I have now, just like, it was like an on switch. It was boom. They just turned on. Mm. Um, it was 2008. I was washing away my sorrows with, uh, you know, some, some Vicodin and painkiller <laughs> with some muscle relaxers. Mm -hmm. I was at, um, Nordstrom and I was at this makeup event where they give you like $50 worth of free makeup. If you, you let them take pictures of you. Mm -hmm. So they had turned me into this party chick from like businesswoman to party chick. So I was in my business suit and then I had all this black and purple sparkles all over my face. And so I'm driving home to go to church like this. Don't ask. <laughs> With my dad, I had promised I would go to church with him. So I get off on Twin Oaks Valley Road over there in San Marcos, right by the university. And um, and I'm driving real fast, trying to get home so I won't be late for church. And next thing I know, I'm floating probably, I don't know, 40 feet above my car, looking at my car, and I see this huge stream of water. Did and you have an accident? or I did. Uh, yeah, I had a seizure because I hadn't been taking my seizure medication. 
and blacked out, went across four, three or four lanes on one side over the oh median across the other side and then hit a fire hydrant and the brand new um, Saks Fifth Avenue edition Mercedes that I had just bought, wow. beautiful car, uh, landed right on top of the fire hydrant and the car filled up and I almost drowned. And we're going to talk more about this epiphany with Marissa when we come back because we're going to take a break right now. But boy, what a compelling story. It's going to be all <laughs> positive from here on in, folks. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and I predict, looking into the snow globe, that Richard is now going to thank our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, and if you're psychic, you already know who they are, but for those of you who aren't, big thank you to UBS. Michael Carancha and Drew Friedis couldn't do the show without UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. we got two sets of them. Jason Kruger, who heads up Signature Analytics, a great CFO firm with offices all across the West Coast and more locally. Polito Epic CPAs in lovely San Marcos, California, where Marissa crashed into a fire hydrant. <laughs> Yes. They're more traditional CPAs. Also, Joel Greskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, if you need a place to put all this money that those sponsors make you, how about Mechanics Bank, formerly known as California Republic Bank, a great niche market bank serving wealthy families and family offices with upcoming guests, Sean Puckett and Lane Elliott. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Recent guest, Alex Sonkin with the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group. Helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Paul Hines, who heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul also, of course, leads the senior safeandsound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. And, of course, Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you who have no time and want to get things done, Elite Lifestyle Management handles simple things like travel arrangements all the way to more complicated esoteric things like putting lights underneath your living room sofa. Highly recommend them as well. And for those of you who are getting hungry because it's New Year's Eve and you want to get out and eat some food, but you're still home because you're listening to our New Year's edition of the show, there's some cool places they can go get some food, right, Joe? Well, there's Lestat's Coffee Houses, the original in Normal Heights, and the second in University Heights, and the third in Hillcrest, uh, all open 24-7, 365, always crowded, and uh, great food, coffee, beverages, all made on site, and great atmosphere. So there you have it. And also the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle ciccarelli Lirac, uh, had four great programs with her this year, all about sustainability and foods and, and things like that. And uh, also we have the uh, annual Berry Good Night Dinner where she has all these foodies and chefs at her place and we broadcast from there. And uh, I know many of these sponsors have been working with Richard for many, many years with uh, great success, right, Richard? Yeah, almost three decades, which is <laughs> close to 30 years, Joe. <laughs> And if you get over to iymoney.com, there is a drop-down menu with uh, all the sponsor information right there. There's a sponsor tab, and you can find out uh, all their all their contact. Also, info. a big thank you to Courtney Holst with Pop X Graphics for doing such a great job on the website. Right. I'm glad you got her. Did I say Lover last time? You're yeah, right. Yeah, well, you know, she got married. I know. Year, it's so Holst. It's confusing. It's Holst. It's Holst. Oh, okay. There Not you go. Lover. Sorry about that, Courtney. Anyway, back with our intuitive guest, who is an author who uh, had a life-changing experience of several, obviously, but... <laughs> Uh, uh, talking about this uh, this accident where I guess you had an out-of-body experience, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say, uh, Marissa? Yeah, yeah. You know. So uh, yeah. this was uh, in what year in, in San Marcos? 
That was, um, let's see this. So that was um, May of 2008. Okay. I believe, yeah, May of 2008. Somebody, so um, tell us from what happened from there, because obviously you discovered some you other obviously made some changes. qualities about Made your... a lot of changes, made a lot of changes. Well, uh, kind of went back to, to the person that I was when I was younger, before bad boy one mm-hmm. or two, or mm-hmm. bad boy husband three. <laughs> Actually, husband <laughs> one, but bad boy three. Um, I... I I, I still remember standing in the in the courtroom and the judge saying, this girl has horrible taste in men. <laughs> Basically, he said, are you sure you want Is to Is that a misdemeanor or a felony? Guilty? I don't know. Yeah, he said, are you sure you want to plead guilty? That he, he knew that I was taking it for you know right. somebody else. So right. he just kept saying, are you sure, Miss Morris? Are you sure? Yeah. So... Anyway, so June, um, May, May, June-ish, uh, 2008, had the accident, and I didn't really remember anything from it because the police officers thought that I was a drunk student. I had mm. makeup dripping down my face, little tiny black dress I had just bought that mm-hmm. for the um, right. little photo shoot that I was doing, and um, my hair was sopping wet. I had makeup dripping down my face, and the, I just looked drunk. So they arrested me instead of giving me medical treatment. They they claim, and I didn't I didn't sue or anything like that. I probably could have, but the I they claim that I denied medical treatment. But because they you probably were in shock for God's sake. Yeah, right? exactly. They they kept saying like you know they but kept you asking your, me things. You did have your seatbelt on, right? I did, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, okay. seatbelt. I had some airbag burns, things like that. But it was the mm. breathing in of the water because the water those the ad- airbag burns. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've got some scars on my arm from Jeez. from, from the accident prior to that. But so so I didn't really remember much from that accident until another accident in 2009, and that was January. I had cleaned up my act. I was I I had decided that I was doing really stupid things. I was just pulling myself, my dad, everyone down the tubes with me. My my. You mean another na- another car accident or nothing? another car accident? Another wow. seizure. I, I thought had another it was going to be more. Po- okay, another seizure. Yeah. Okay. So this is the last accident. So okay. so this is January two thousand nine. Um, I had kind of started to do some some spiritual not spiritual work, but I had started to read about the law of attraction. The a lot of mm. people know about the movie The Secret. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some books called The Law of Attraction by Jerry and Esther Hicks, and mm-hmm. she's what's called a channel. And um, trying to get some good people in your life. Yeah, right? I was reading those books and I was like, okay, well, I can use these books to make money. So I was setting intentions to make money and writing myself checks. You write yourself a check for whatever you need. And I was getting exactly the amount that I needed. So I was like, wow, this is really cool. This is like magic. I can make as much money as I want whenever I want. So I, I kind of got into the spiritual stuff through the law of attraction, through manifesting. And that's what a lot of people do get into it. It's kind of like, it, it's like a. What's that called? What's 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 marijuana? Oh, a gateway drug. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a gateway thing mm-hmm. um, for spirituality. So I kind of had gotten into that when the second accident came about, um, and I knew the seizure was coming on. So I pulled off the freeway. I pulled over at Las Posas. There was no crash. There was no concussion. There was no water. But I ended up above my car again this time. And this time, I remember specifically looking over and seeing a girl that looked just like me, except she was about seven foot, eight foot tall. She had long blonde hair, green eyes, and she was wearing like a white stereotypical like angelic gown or something. So this is a, this is a vision that you. It's like an apparition, yeah. Yeah. And she was right next to me, but but she looked she looked like um, 
uh, like a hologram. I, I'm mm. trying to think of what movie that is where it's it's almost like someone was projecting her down mm-hmm. and she was just kind of standing there next mm-hmm. to me. And I was like, that's it. Marissa's an idiot. I'm not going back. I told you last time this was going to happen again. Now our dad's not going to talk to her. Now she's going to lose her license. She's going to lose her company. And I was talking about Marissa, yeah. who was down in the car, as if I wasn't Marissa. Are you uh, getting the se- Did you get the seizures under control? Or are you yes. Getting- okay. Yeah. Right. Got the seizures under control. Got them okay. under control. Because um, I have a nephew who has you know a seizure. So, um, but he's I can give med- you the medication that I started taking. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And okay. I actually got seizure free enough to to have a baby recently mm. too. So yeah. Okay. There is hope. There is mm. hope. So um, while talking to this woman that looked like me. She wouldn't move her mouth. She was just kind of like talking to me telepathically. And I was just saying like, this is stupid. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And I looked over and I remember like doing like a talk to the hand gesture to Mm -hmm. somebody that was on my left. And I swear Mm. it was Jesus. Mm. But, but now I, when I look back, but at that time it was just a big ball of light. Mm. So I, um, screamed and yelled, kicked and screamed, said I wasn't going back, turned around. Like I was going to walk into the light. Like so many people talk Mm. about. Uh, but I didn't go into the light. I woke up in the um, ambulance on the freeway and I asked for a piece of paper. So I wrote everything down that I remembered. Hmm. And at that point, I remembered everything from 2008. So I wrote down the whole accident from from that time, too. So I wrote down both of those incidents and I obsessed about them for probably about, I don't know, like three, four weeks until my now husband, boyfriend at the time was like, why don't you just pull the police reports and see if if, you know, something matches and sure enough, uh, the witnesses, what they were wearing, I had written it down, matched what they were wearing in the police in the police records. It was like, you know, red shirt, blue hat, blue jeans. And mm-hmm. they had written down what the witnesses had worn. And I had seen them from above. So so once I saw that I wasn't crazy, that, well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. saying a lot. But <laughs> uh, once I saw that saw I that actually was seeing, yeah, mm-hmm. once yeah. I saw that I saw something from above my car, you would think that I would go, wow, this is awesome. Instead, I went, well, then who the heck am I? Mm-hmm. Because I was so bound and determined to not go back and live in Marissa anymore. So mm-hmm. I wanted to know who Marissa was. So because I had kind of gotten into the law of attraction stuff, I kind of referred to these law of attraction books I was reading, and they talked about something called the higher self. Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh, my gosh, that was my higher self. So mm-hmm. from that point forward, about January 2009, I set on a mission to connect with the girl up there and ask her why the heck she made me come back. She kept saying when I was up there, you have too many people to help. And I was like, what? Help them lose their home, raise their interest rate. Mm-hmm. Life sucks. I'm mm-hmm. not going back. I hate her. I kept screaming that I hated Marissa. Mm-hmm. So she she basically obviously made me go back and said I had too much to do. And I just didn't understand. So my mission was to learn how to meditate and learn how to connect with her and ask her why she made me come back. All right, we're going to come back with you, Marissa Morris, and all this intuitive information right after these words. Hang on. All right. All right, we're back with Marissa Morris talking about her ups and downs of her life and how it's uh, now on the upswing Um and uh, she has a, a child of 10 months. And, and got some cool books. Some cool books. She's got a, a website, cool discoverintuition.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you get over to yeah, discoverintuition.com, it's all there. But 
tell us about your work now and how this has led to uh, the place where you are now. And, and why, uh, why and, did you bring a snow globe into the studio? And, <laughs> and how did you discover your intuition? Is this uh, tell us all about that? So after the accident and and realizing that I actually had seen these witnesses and and I was actually seeing something real time from above the accident. Not only did I want to discover who I was and why I was here, but I wanted to basically figure out how I got out of my body because it felt amazing. Like it was just like I didn't care at all about anything. I didn't think about anything. It was Mm -hmm. just like I felt amazing. I felt amazing being out of this vessel that Mm -hmm. worries and and Mm -hmm. complains and Mm -hmm. and just hurts. And um, so my obsession... I, I kid around and say I could have put a GoPro video camera on my head and gone to all these strange places that I ended up because I was raised Christian, mm-hmm. um, but not to the amount where I was like studied it. Mm-hmm. So, so people that don't study and don't understand it, it's more kind of like, uh, anything outside the Bible's evil. So I felt evil mm-hmm. already for kind of looking into this stuff, but I was bound and determined to connect with my higher self mm-hmm. and ask her why, why I needed to come back. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, and this is what I teach my students, meditation is the key to all intuition development mm-hmm. because intuition is in essence, your higher self's voice speaking to you. Mm. So it's the voice of your higher self and it's, it's a whisper or it's a thought or it's a vision within your mind or it's our imagination that they communicate with us. And it's, it's catching that when uh, catching when it's our higher self and not just our mind. And that's, that's what I teach people. But in trying to discover how to develop my intuition. I mean, I ended up at the weirdest like witchcraft places. I ended up in like like chanting and rocking. Did you get into yoga at all? Anything like that? I got into yoga a little little bit. bit. Mm -hmm. I got into kind of like the weird yoga and that's actually how I got into, that's funny that you say that. I got into a yoga class one time. My back was all thrown out and I was all stressed out about work. So I left work to go down to the beach. And one of my teachers had told me, go stick your feet in the sand when you're stressed out and it'll take stress away. So of course I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do that. But instead of turning down to the beach, I went up to a yoga studio and they were doing something called uh, yin ki, where it's yoga with Reiki. So while I was in yoga class, that somebody was walking around doing Reiki on everybody's back and um, my back pain healed. It was gone. Mm. So I ran up to the teacher afterwards. Is that just touching Reiki or what is mm-hmm. it? It wasn't even touching. I don't even think she touched me. I think she was about an inch away. So uh-huh. Reiki is is healing by touch, but um, technically you're not supposed to touch. It's about an inch away, but huh. I I still. I Reiki, I Reiki you fixie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I have got to get to the snow globe. Yeah. No, We're almost out of time. Okay. So, yeah, we got so, seven minutes. So when snow I, globe here. Snow globe. Okay. okay. Tell us so about the this. snow globe is, um, I was at a, um, I wanted to learn how to see. Um, I had been meditating. I had started to see auras. I had started to get premonitions. I would know who was going to call me a minute before they called. I'd know what people were going to say before they were going to say it. Um, I was seeing streaks of light. Um, after I got attuned to, uh, Reiki, I started to see spirits. So I can see people who have crossed over and I can see people who have not crossed over. And that's one of my huge things, what my platform is, and and I'll get into this with the snow globe is, um, there's a lot of mediums out there that are not mediums. They're psychics. So if you're coming in and you want to hear from your mother, um, I am reading your mind. I'm not really talking to your mom in heaven. 
So I'm I'd like kind to hear, of I'd like the to hear medium from my please. mother. Uh, she's uh, back in Illinois. She hasn't talked to me in three right. years. So. <laughs> <laughs> So see ever, ever since you lost her, ever since you lost her dog, I yeah. can see why. You know. <laughs> Don't ever mess with someone's dog. So, so the, um, so basically, my through my development of these abilities that I have now, I've kind of become like the medium police too, where it's like that person's not really doing mediumship because I can see all the dimensions around people. I can't just, uh, most mediums, it's like you close your eyes, you're with somebody and like a thought will pop into your mind. You say the thought, the person goes, oh my God, I was just thinking that. Yes, I have a picture of my mother in my purse. It's it's like, well, mom's not even there. They're just reading the person's mind. It's called being psychic. So, so my passion is really kind of refining uh, mediumship and teaching people how to legitimately tune into what they think they're tuning into instead of just like haphazardly throwing out readings and saying stuff that that isn't even true or they're reading people's worst fears or what they want to hear um so over the years that's it's been seven years now of just Teaching myself um, after, let's see, 2011, me and my dad started doing something called channeling in the living room. He would basically sit there and ask questions and I would go into what's called trance and I would answer questions. So he would ask questions about the mysteries of the universe, about the pyramids, about the Bible, about everything, about the other side, heaven, um, why our souls are here. And all this amazing information would just start spilling out of me. And then I'd listen to the tapes and go, oh, my God, I can't believe that came out of me. Hmm. I mean, I was as shallow as shallow could be. <laughs> so for all of this information to be coming out of me, it was like it was insane. I mean, and my dad was very, very, very like would pick it apart because he was afraid that Satan had come in and he was tricking us. And and that's our answers book. Um uh, that's but, our but first book called globe. Answers. How, how do you use the snow globe? The snow globe, the snow globe came from Answers. Okay. Um, the the guides were basically teaching us that we are all a snow globe. So um, the snow globe is a representation of our aura, and the statue in the middle is a representation of our body. And it's a healing, basically a healing tool that I've come up with that kids can use, that adults can use, that that really anybody can use by just visualizing themselves as a snow globe. So if you just kind of close your eyes right now and you just kind of feel what the space around you feels like and then say, I am now a snow globe, I've kind of um, kind of set the energy within that little term. I am now a snow globe. You say that you actually imagine your physical body as the statue. You imagine that you have snowflakes swirling around you. You look to see if the water's dirty, if it's clear. And then you you bring your awareness out to feel if you have the, the globe around you. Is it cracked? Is it dirty? Is it clean? Does it have holes in it? And basically, that's what's called tapping into your energy. So a psychic would tap into your energy. Um, but anyone, anyone can tap into their energy this way. And then after you do that, you bring your awareness into the center of the statue where there's a big ball of light and everybody has that. It's called the seat of the soul or that's where our consciousness is. And you bring your awareness into there and you imagine that you're in this bubble of light inside your statue. And then from way, way, way up in the sky, this big laser beam of white light is going to come down through the top of the snow globe and start to fill up that bubble where you are until the bubble is as big as the snow globe. So what people are doing is I've made it very simple for people to tune into their higher self, 
tune into their creator self, which is higher than their higher self. And that's a whole nother show. I could mm-hmm. go on and on forever about that. Mm-hmm. But um, basically tune into the multidimensional being that they are and call in the white light of unconditional love, or some may call it the Holy Spirit, or some people may call it source or light, whatever. But it doesn't call in a lot of healing modalities. You're calling on, literally calling on a dead person, or you're calling on um, just energies that aren't necessarily something that you would want to fill your snow globe with. Mm -hmm. So I, I wanted to come up with a way to teach kids that I didn't have to teach them all about healing and everything and just give them this. And it ended up working with adults better than kids because adults are the ones that can't see. Mm. So after teaching people how to do the snow globe, even after just one or two times, people, their lives are changing. They're, mm. they're, let's say that they have the snow globe. They say, all right, I want to make a $8,000 disposable in- income every month. And, um, they write that little intention down and they put this, I've got a little snow globe here and they put that intention inside a snow globe. They can use this as a tool to manifest something. I tell them, hold the snow globe in your hand, close your eyes and just feel what it feels like. And then put the little piece of paper in there. that says $8,000 disposable income in there. And then say, this is now a snow globe. And they will actually feel the shift. They'll feel the difference. It actually feels like the snow globe gets bigger or or it may feel harder or colder or hotter. And then the energy from directly above their head, they call in that laser beam of light. It fills and surrounds the snow globe. And guess what? They get $8,000 of disposable go. income. Or ask Rich. Hey, we should also mention a skeptic's guide to the universe. She co-authored with former guest William Gladstone. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Skeptic's the guide snow globe. Get the snow go, globe folks. for sure. But, but what a compelling story. Discoverintuition.com. Thank you, Marissa, Marissa for being our and guest. Also, thank you to my wife, Mary, for getting Marissa hooked up as a guest. Absolutely. Thanks, Mary. Who's into it. Thank hey, you hey. so much, guys. All right. Richard, great seeing you. Justin Hart, our board year. operator. Thank yeah, yeah, happy, happy New, New year. year. Thanks to Justin Bo- uh, Hart, our board operator, for making a song great. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff over here at KFMB and everybody. Have a happy, happy new year. All these podcasts are commercial free on iWinMoney.com. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye now.